And again, Tuesday morning to you, and welcome into Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Hope everybody's having a good start to your day. We've got a loaded show for you. We're excited about that on this Tuesday. I have Alan Bell in studio with us this first hour in just a bit. We'll talk some NFL with him. And man, is there a lot of NFL to talk about. We're going to talk about cats. Can we talk about some, some cats, too, with Alan Bell? I think we uh, should. Nashville cats? No. You know, some uh, the Dallas Cowboys MVP, the black cat. Mm, yeah, I did not. I've seen all the hubbub. I obviously was not paying attention last oh, night. Oh, Kevin Harlan has the call on it? Yeah. It's awesome. I heard, uh, well, he's he's pretty awesome. He is. He's pretty good at what he does. My favorite is still when uh, he was at the Super Bowl with you guys. <laughs> you put him on the spot. There's the cat. Mean and everybody's going, what in, is going on, the Giants fans? What? How did a black cat get on the field? I know, it was funny. And they'll, then the game turned they'll, after they'll that. Bl- they'll blame the black cat. They have, sure. they have already, because yeah. the game turned after that. Yeah. So, yeah, but a lot lot of NFL to get into. That that score was not indicative of the game. It, it got yeah. away late. It, it definitely got away. But, hey. The Giants a, are not very good. They are not. This just in. And that sets up the big matchup this weekend, Giants and Jets. Something Ooh. we will not talk about this week. Ooh. That won't or be on with pick six? Bell. No, no, it will not. It will not make it. Two just poop teams facing each other, That's but somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win. So we'll get into all the NFL stuff with Alan Bell, David Poyle in the second hour. Third hour, we'll have Mitch Light. We'll talk some college football. Let's see. What's going on in college football? Anything big this week? Um, big mm. game and uh, mm. big rumor? Mm. Big rumor out there? Well, there are some. This is the Well, look, this is the time. In all seriousness, this is when things start heating up on that front. This is when the rumor mm. starts swirling. This is when interims get named. This is when schools are trying to figure out, do we want to get out ahead of the search and not wait till the end of the year. And so this is when things get dicey and very shaky for coaches mm-hmm. and their job security. There's a big job open in Florida State. There's a big rumor about a guy that his nickname is Big Game being a possible fit for that. So that's interesting. Do you think Stoops would really take that job? Is that – I mean, would you really leave the prestige of the XFL to return to college football? I don't know. Um, I guess it depends on what the state, and we'll ask Mitch this, um, if he knows, if he can shed better light of what the state of Florida State Athletics is, because let's let's not forget why Jimbo Fisher left. Right. No, and and that's a fair point. It's because he basically looked around and said, are you guys going to keep up with everybody? We're Florida State. Yeah. Are you guys going to keep up with everybody? Did you go around look at all the facilities and all the things you need in today's landscape? And so I, I don't know if they've, you know, usually that's how it works, right? It's like in sports, the team leaves, and then, and then the city like, goes, oh, okay, 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 fine, okay, now okay, we'll yeah. build the build. Now we'll build the the stadium. Okay, we get it. They left, and oh, we, we didn't really mean for you to leave, so okay, now we'll pony up. You know, it's, it's kind of silly when you think about it. You, you can't get anything resolved. no. We're not going to build you this, and then they leave, and they're like, "Okay, let's build it." Right? It's like, well, so do you need you needed them to leave first, and then you decide, "Oh, yeah, this is a good idea." So it's kind of the same thing. Oh, you needed Jimbo Fisher to leave, and now you figured it mm-hmm. out, or have they? I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know 
Well, because what if, the situation is in Tallahassee, if they've got cranes everywhere and they're building new facilities all over the place and upgrading everything and anything and everything, they're spending money like Texas A&M did when they did five hundred sure. million in renovations. I have no clue. I haven't heard of anything like that, so it makes me suspect that they're not doing that. But other than the history, which is fantastic, if that isn't taking place, is it a great job? Yeah, the the history thing is important, but also irrelevant to to today's college football because it's changed so much. And to your point of the facilities and everything that goes into a program, I mean, it's what we've talked about here with Vanderbilt and Derek Mason having his hands tied behind his back because the administration hasn't done anything over the last 20 years to improve things over there to help with recruiting. So Florida State, if if you're going to get a guy like Bob Stoops, because Bob Stoops walked away. He was like, hey, I'm out. I'm done. I'm going to retire. I'm going to go. I got my millions. I'm I'm going to go chill. I'm going to go play around in the XFL. You know, that I'm good. And now all of a sudden his name is popping up, which – it has in the past with other jobs, but it's popping up with Florida State. If he's going to come out of retirement and get back into big-time college football coaching, he is going to have his say in what what takes place. And if Florida State's not getting with the times and the whole reason that Jimbo Fisher left, then I don't see it happening at all. So to your point, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes either, but if you're going to get big game Bob, you got to have you got to have top-notch stuff. Well, I mean, the one thing they got going for them, it's the state of Florida. So that's a very, very fertile ground for recruiting. The athletes are, you got tons to choose from. So for recruiting purposes, it's a gold mine. You're in the ACC. Let's be honest. Right now, it's a pretty darn easy path. You got one big, yeah. gigantic elephant in the room, and outside of that, you know, some you know there'll be a then year when you're where, at your best, you can hang with. Well, but there's a year, you know, when a, a Pittsburgh will be good, or a year when Louisville will be good, or a year when yeah. North Carolina or Virginia Tech. You know, you got, but sustainability, like huge, huge, like team that year in and year out. It's not Miami, Florida of old. It's Miami, no. Florida today. It's not Miami, Florida in the '90s or '80s. Okay, that's that's not the case. So you've got Clemson, and that is the big dog in the so the path is. I don't want to say easy, because the ACC is very good, but the path is certainly not like the SEC. So the path is very, very obtainable for Florida State, year in and year out, to be right there running with the big dogs and vying to get into the playoffs, right? There's no reason why they they couldn't be like that. They've won a national championship. I mean, they've been there. They've been there, done it. So I, I don't know. Florida State seems like a program that would be capable of getting back to the promised land quicker than a lot of others, right? I mean, I, I think they should be able to get back there. You know, Willie Taggart just was a, a swing and a miss, big-time swing and a miss. And I never liked that hire, really, to begin with because I didn't think – I mean, any any place he's been, he did good enough to get another job, but it wasn't like he didn't blow anybody away. So he had the one year at Oregon that – I guess was good enough and impressive for Florida State, but I, I well, think, he had the ties. That's it wasn't yeah. because of his year at Oregon. Well, it was his ties in the state of Florida. It, that I, too. I, I, I've never been impressed either. It's he, neither here nor there. He's gone, and it was a disaster. But uh, it'll be interesting. But they have to, see to get this one out. right to get back to where There's they're, no they're supposed to. Look, be. they uh, can't miss again. Uh, look at Tennessee. Exactly. I mean, there there are examples. If we need to start naming examples of. 
hey, keep swinging and missing and see what happens to your big-time program. Yeah, exactly. So you can't make light of, well, you know, they goofed on this one. Well, okay, but they've goofed a few times. Don't now. goof, don't goof again, because if you goof again, then you set yourself back even more, and then then there's even more pressure to get it right the next go around. So, look, they can snowball in a hurry. I mean, yep. like I said, I hate to keep bringing it up, but Tennessee is a prime example of. I don't think they've done and, a very good job after life after Philip Fulmer of making great hires and no. and this is what it's been the last eleven. Philip Fulmer years. made the last hire, and I'm not ready to anoint Jeremy Pruitt just because they've been playing better. And it, you know, they're look if they finish the season by let's say winning out or you know only losing one more, and it's then they still go to a seven bowl game, and five. It's Tennessee. Like I understand, but it, considering I, what they I understand, have, but I mean that if that's your standard, it just goes to show you. Like if everybody feels good about that, and that could play out. If that feels good, seven and five, just think it feels about good this year. Think about the marker. That, it doesn't feel good next year. Like you would have to get better right. next year. That's what I'm saying. It's like okay, well, you know, I remember when nine wins wasn't good enough, or well, ten wins wasn't good enough, and now it's like, hey, things that, are getting better. It's seven and five. It's like wow. But that's the problem, though, and I, and I'm not accusing you of this, but that the Vols fans, like you have to where you have been. You've been so deep in the dumps that you have to take steps. You're not going to just all of a sudden go from two wins to ten wins. It's not how this works. So if they go from you know the dumps of Butch Jones and then Pruitt, okay, get a little bit better in year one, get a little bit better in year two, get a little bit better in year three, then then you're working your way back up there. Again, I'm not convinced that's going to happen yet. I just think they've been playing better. Maybe they figured something out at quarterback. Garantano got, you know – got the message that he's got to be better i don't know but if they continue on that path then you have to feel better maybe not good but it also can't be the standard every year it's just like the titans yeah. going three straight years of nine and seven that can't be the standard does it feel better after losing to georgia state and byu at the beginning yeah. of the year of course sure yeah because it looked like, oh my gosh, they're going to win three games. Or- but you'll still if they get seven wins you'll still look back at those two losses and go what could have been I mean, you'll still have that. So some of the things that you'll hear out there around the Florida State job will be the Stoops brothers, Bob and Mark, will both be rumored. Um, You're going to have Josh Heupel rumored right there in the state. You're going to have P.J. Fleck rowing the boat. He's going to be rumored. Um, So just get ready. Those will be some Jeff Brom, does he get rumored? Probably not. Unfortunately, you know. This is how it works. That's why you always say strike while the iron's hot because the minute things aren't hot, you yeah. kind of get lost in the shuffle. Right. Fair or unfair, that's just what it is. And they're not – they've had a lot of injuries. And so they got mopped last year. What were they, 6-6? Six and six, And they got mopped here by Auburn. So 6-7. Six and seven, And then this year they've dealt with a lot of injuries and they've been just okay or below average. Right. So that's just how it works. I mean, you have to stay at a high level. Let me let me throw another wild card name at you. Would Cliff Kingsbury leave the Arizona Cardinals and come back to college football if Florida State came a calling? Not that they necessarily should, but I've seen stranger things happen. I why would you be interested in Cliff Kingsbury? I, I don't. I know. I. I, I well, but, once again, you you just what what is the attraction of Cliff Kingsbury other than they they're going to be fun on offense? That's I guess got, that's the he attraction. He got shown the door at Texas Tech. He did, but then he was going to be an OC and then got an NFL job. 
you an OC, right? But I mean, I I don't know what uh, traction there would be for Florida State with Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, maybe I I don't know. This is the same team that you know hired Willie Taggart and is paying him seventeen million to go home. It looks like a questionable hire at Arizona, and he got shown the door in Lubbock. So I I don't know why Cliff Kingsbury would be on a list. It's kind of it's kind of like we all scratched our head about Freddie Kitchens, yeah. and we all scratched our head about Adam Gase in New York, and we all were like, really? And guess what? So far. It's it's played out what we all suspected. I didn't necessarily scratch my head on Adam Gase because I thought the Dolphins were a dumpster fire. Yeah, you could say that. And the Jets. And I, I do think he's aren't a, a great organization either. They're not. And and I I do think he's he knows what he's doing offensively. It's just you know, I don't know. There's just a lot going on there. All right. Speaking of all that, we'll come back and talk NFL this hour with Alan Bell. We do that next on Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN one oh two five the game. We always enjoy our conversations with Alan Bell. He's in the studio with us. CBS Sportsline. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter. He's a very good follow, at Alan Bell 247 Always has good stuff out there. In fact, we refer to his tweets a lot on the show. Alan, good to see you. Hey, good to see you guys. Y'all doing all right? Well, we're doing better than a lot of quarterbacks, coaches, teams. Yeah. Let's start with the mess that is, because I, I started off the NFL season up there in Cleveland. I went to the Browns-Titans game, and it, it just hasn't gotten any better, other, though, other than we can sit here and go, how in the world did the Browns smoke the Ravens? Like, How did that happen after watching what we did Sunday night? But nonetheless, they're still a, a dumpster fire. I mean, they're 2-6, and six, and it just looks like this thing. Baker Mayfield's walking out of press conferences, and Freddie Kitchens is getting destroyed. The media is all over them. And, you know, it looked like the paper, you know, the paper champions are not going to live up to anything. Yeah, this year. the old paper tiger, right? Yeah. Um, no, it's it's not going well at all. And, you know, it's kind of been it starts with the head coach and quarterback uh, because this entire team all offseason was built. You hired a head coach for the offense. You legitimately did everything that, you know, John Dorsey, the GM, did everything he could in free agency to build this offense, right? And it was smart play. Like, that's the NFL now. Like, build it, and if you can have a good offense, you can go as far as you want to. However, the offensive line is a disaster. Baker Mayfield has regressed completely. And that's with Odell Beckham. Yeah, and that's the hard part is that you've invested all of this money. You've basically invested all this money in Christmas toys, like for the kids, and you have no batteries and nothing's open, right? <laughs> like that's exactly that what That is it. a great analogy. <laughs> yeah, like you are just stuck, and there's nothing that you can do. Walgreens is far. No, all the stores are closed. Yeah, there's just nothing that you can do, right? So now, it, now all the negatives are going to show. So, you know, somebody like Odell Beckham to where if you're winning – you know, he's eccentric and he's he's funny and kids love him and he's doing camps. When you're losing, it turns into it looks like whining and, you know, and, uh, name whatever adjective you want. Right. And think about how Browns fans, you know, I mean, we see it here. Every commercial break is a Baker Mayfield commercial. Yeah, I'm sick of him here. I can't even imagine what Browns fans <laughs> are like up there. You know what I mean? So it's just a disaster. I don't think Freddie Kitchens is going to make it. I don't think he'll be the head coach. Uh, of the Browns next year. It often does not work uh, when you hire an interim. I think like 75 or 80% of them are fired within one year. Um, it, it's just, it's a mess. I mean, long story short, it's a mess. Well, by the way, that's a, that's a great stat. What What is the last success story of an interim who made it? I we, do you. we know? I, I, there might be one. I, I don't know. But Well, it, he wasn't even the interim head coach. It was Greg Williams. Yeah. Yeah. So he was we, the OC. Yeah. 
That's true. You're yeah. right. Greg and, Williams is the one who coached them last and year. Greg Williams, in my opinion, Greg Williams is looking better and better because things turned around with him as the interim head coach. Now, granted, Freddie Kitchens was the OC. Yeah. But Greg Williams, I mean, you you know how he is. Yep. I think that CEO mentality that he has uh, yeah. may have been better for and, that. And think about it, right? Like, if you went, you know, right now from – and I don't know radio, uh, you know, positions per se, right? But if you went – if you were the best, you know, radio show in the state of Tennessee, right? And then you did that, and then you jumped to you're directing all of ESPN – you know, radio stations across Tennessee. That's a completely different job, right? Right, and you have so much more on your hands. Plus, doing the best radio show in the state of Tennessee, like it's very hard. Not everyone's built to be a head coach, and I'm not inside there, so I don't know. Freddie Kitchens might be doing a, a great job, you know, and, and it's just execution or whatever. I don't know, but I mean, you're right. Like Greg Williams looks better, and better, and look at New York. You know, do they get rid of Adam Gase? And does he get stuck in this kind of interim position again? Like, it's wild, man. And then you have Whitehead going after people on Twitter. That was bad. I I mean, mean, honestly, like how – I don't know him and I don't want to throw – you know, it's easy to kick somebody when they're down, I guess, from afar. But, like, how dumb do you have to be to think that on any level, as an NFL player, this is a good idea to get on social media right after a game – and just start going after people and saying the things that he did on social media. Like, how? What world does he does he live in? He thinks, yeah, probably nothing will happen from this. I know, you know. And think about, I mean, even for us, like social media can social media can end your professional life in whatever in, you're in, in one tweet. Like, yes. if you're at the house, yep. you know, and you have a couple beers watching a game or something, right? Like, and I'm not saying that anybody would you know do anything. No, like but, that, you're, but you're right. Yeah, like, and I asked this question: Say both of you played for you know uh, the Memphis Grizzlies or the Predators or whoever right you just play professional sports I don't would you have social media I don't know if I would I think I think this is where somebody like Marcus Mariota is very intelligent and it's just you know and that's probably just his personality but I don't know if I would now it's good for your brand you know later on it just seems like so much more of a risk than it's worth yeah, I'd probably log off. But they, the thing is, there's so many, so many players that they act like they don't have it, but they have a burner account, and yeah. then they name search, and then they know, like they'll approach media members of, "Hey, what'd you tweet this about me for?" Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, how'd you know? You have Twitter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like so, they which have is it, even but they worse. Don't have it? Yeah. yeah. Now you're actively going yeah. after it. Like yeah, I mean, right. I mean, you guys see it. Like you know, see it on Twitter. Like you'll get crazy messages all the time. Like if you you know somebody disagrees with an opinion or a take or something. I mean, multiply it by a million, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a player, it it would be tough, man. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Try tweeting bench Marcus Mariota. I mean, they, oh God, yeah. you're the worst person in the world. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it's look on one hand, if you do it responsibly, just like anything yeah, and you're responsible about it, I don't know where it could be about you're. I see both sides. You're, you're sure. bringing up a really good point. Like at some hand, uh, you know, it's tough. Like, why would you ever want to get out there, especially when things are bad, and, and read what people say? But on the other hand, people have probably, because of their brand, they've made millions of dollars because of their brand, because of social media, because they're out there. Yeah, and, and you know, and players are human beings just like anybody the rest of us. So it's like you, this is just what life is. Like you either you have everyone has a Facebook or a Twitter, or, you know, one of them. So or, I, didn't, or, I didn't mean to. to no, no, it's, oh, like no. It. It's actually yeah. a really good topic because really, when you think about it, yeah. Um, they, look, they're great players. So don't get me wrong, but if Jalen Ramsey and Richard Sherman and um, I'm drawing, I'm absolutely drawing blanks in Washington. 
Um, Josh Norman. Josh Norman. Thank you. Yeah. If they were just quiet, if they were church mice, would, would they? I mean, think about it. they're kind of they're household names. Even though I just botched on Josh Norman, but I knew exactly sure. who it was. Yeah. It's because great. they've been very outspoken. They've done these things where these interviews and they go crazy. I mean, Richard Sherman, we all know the interviews. and I mean, we know right? we know the interview. Like, is yeah. Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman, if he doesn't have that Aaron Andrews Aaron Andrews moment, interview, yeah. right? You know, it, it, it's a good question. And I think, you know, some people and so are, their popularity went up because everybody can, they know those names. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Deion Sanders did it without social media. Yeah. Right? You Boy, know what that's, I mean? That's, you're right. Yeah. So, can you imagine? I <laughs> know. If Dion played in today's, uh, be incredible. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I mean, social media wise, yeah, holy moly. So, how, how are they going to dig it? They're not going to dig out of this, right? This is the Browns. Yeah, they're just no. they're they're in the toilet, and that's where they're going to be, they're, and I mean, they'll have to make huge changes in the off season. Yeah, I mean, it well, and that's the hard part is that what do you do, right? Because you've already kind of put all your eggs in the basket. You're built offensively, and again, that's not a bad thing. But you look at it and say, okay. Where can we make the biggest jumps? Offensive line, for sure. They have to get offensive linemen. They've got to build that thing. Offensive, look at the Colts. Like, the, Robinson cannot be your starting left tackle. No. He like, cannot. No. like, And that's why I think, you know, people look at the Colts situation. They say, how do they continue to go from, you know, Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck and then Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett? Now, don't get me wrong. Two of those are, you know, all-time great quarterbacks. And Jacoby Brissett right. is pretty good, too. But they, it's offensive line. Like, offensive line can make your team so much better in any transition that you have, right? So that's the first step. Luck didn't have a great offensive line when no, he first came into the league. He didn't at all, and that's why he's out of the league, yeah. right? But Jacoby Brissett, they had built that thing. So it's what, that's why, you know, Jacoby Brissett had such a good transition, you know, because you've got a better run game. You've got more time. Your receivers have time. Like, that's what the Browns first they have to do. Second, the, you're going to have to decide – Quarterback, head coach, right, and in you know the way that the the money works, uh, quarterback, quarterback's going to win, yeah. right, because, every time. Yeah, he's going to win, but not nine out of ten, ten out of ten times. You know, is is Baker fixable, right? Like, it, it, I mean, look at him. Is Mitch Trubisky fixable? I don't know. The Bears are in the same situation. You you look at the, the but head, they actually believe in Nagy though, right? I mean, they or did. Do they they did. You know, like what do you think now? I, and I still would. Yeah. I mean, I I. I he feels I'm not ready to than, write him off Kitchens. Yet. Like I, this is my personal opinion, yeah. and I've also talked to some people that yeah. know the lay of the land. Yeah. John Dorsey hired, kept Freddie Kitchens because John Dorsey knew that he could what? Yeah. Control Freddie yeah. Kitchens, right? Yeah. He wanted sure. the GM wanted somebody that he could control. You're not going to control Greg Williams, so no, no, and so no, you're not. And so that is what John Dorsey and the Cleveland Browns will have to figure out in the offseason. Yeah. If you truly are committed to fixing him. It may be with a strong personality or someone that wants to run their own ship and they don't want you constantly telling them what to do. And it, to me, John Dorsey knew with Freddie Kitchens he could tell him what to do and he was basically Oz behind the curtain running the team. Well, let me, let me stop you there. Okay. Let me ask you that. Is that a good thing? Because no. it's, it's gone down the drain. No, so, no, no. It's a horrible thing. Yeah. So you it's look a good up, thing for him. Yeah. But it's not a good thing. No. To your point. So now it's like, okay, well, let's take it a, a step higher. You know, is there? You know, John Dorsey is tremendous GM. Like, you know, right. we saw what he did with the Chiefs. You know, he, talent he, evaluator. He is as good. I mean, he really is. He's yeah. as good as it gets. But that's only forty percent of the job. Like, you, mm -hmm. you still have to run everything else. And if you if you could you could get all the best players in the world. And if you're if you're you know Titanicing this thing on the other end, 
it's not going to work. So I don't know. I mean, they, they, they've got issues up there. Here's what they're missing. Because I, I thought when when Greg Williams took over as the interim head coach last year, you saw that there there was a no BS guy yeah. that was running the ship. And they have Freddie Kitchens that his only job was you work with Baker. You yep. just you take care of Baker. And then Greg Williams, when he starts seeing some BS, he's like, hey, stop that. You don't have that guy anymore. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. And, and, you and know Baker what? needs that to be successful. He does. And you know what? You bring up a great point, too. And I think that you look at the NFL. I mean, it's almost – and I'm not making this political. I'm using this as a reference, right? A head coach in the NFL, kind of similar to being a president of the United States, there is so much to do. That it's like you have to have the best team around you that knows how you operate, that knows, you know, hey, you know, he's up at this time. He could, you know, there's so many things going on. So you're exactly right. So you kind of build your organization and say, you know what, Freddie, you are tremendous and our team is better when you have one thing to do. And I don't care about money. I will pay you as much money as you want. You do this thing. And if you make Baker good, as he was last year, if you do that, that is going to raise everyone's value. Again, I do not care about money. I will pay you, you know, three-fourths of head coach money. I need that quarterback good, right? So do you look at it that way and say, all right, let, let's get a, a head coach. Let's get a CEO in here, right? But yeah. you focus on that. I don't know. Or do they go out and say, Lincoln Riley, what do you want? Oh, man. If Link- money's no object, man. what do you want? Lincoln Riley, uh, between the Browns, uh, obviously I don't think the Cowboys' job's going to come open unless they just completely collapse. Uh, the Falcons, you know, that job's going to be open. Mm-hmm. Um, man, his agent's going to have a bidding yeah. war on his hands. And, again, not to, you know, jump, you know, side note, but when does Lincoln Riley look at it and say, man, college, like, Oklahoma might be done. You have one loss, done, out, gone. Right. Right? Like, the NFL's not that way. Now, you like the control that you have in college, and you can recruit and do all the things that you want. Does he stay in college? Does he go to the NFL? I don't know. He's going to have a, a ton of money thrown at him this offseason. Yeah, no doubt. All right, more with Alan Bell on the other side. we got a lot more to get into NFL-wise. He's, you can follow him at Alan Bell 247. He's with CBS Sportsline. We'll be back. ESPN 1025 The Game. We're back. Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025 The Game, hanging out with Alan Bell. He's uh, with... CBS Sports Line, 24-7, you do it all. <laughs> Try to, man. I, I keep up with your gambling picks now, yeah. you know, with Sports Line. Oh, so. by the way. Uh, Are we close in this state, by the way? Uh, it should be. It right. should. January, I think. Yeah. is it, It'll be... You'll yeah. be up and we'll be full fledged going. Uh, that's what they say. That's what, the, that's what they say. You know, right. they, they t- certainly taking their time. Uh, last night, by the way, speaking about uh, picks, uh, you talk about a bad beat. Like I know that you know that last defensive touchdown for the Cowboys. You know, was the difference between the under and the over. I had a prop bet at plus nine hundred that the Cowboys would win by eleven to thirteen points. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear anybody's over under plus nine hundred. Plus nine hundred. Oh, wow! I just literally tweeted. I was like, "You have to be kidding me! Like, you have to be kidding like." Me. We need to tell Scott Van Pelt. Like, that needs to be. That's on a bad, bad beat. Beats. I know. I was like, and I was seeing people like you know upset about the over under. I was like, I don't even want to yeah, hear no about. Yeah, doubt. Yeah, I yeah. think Ricky had uh, my friend Ricky had the. The first half over under or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, was yeah. tweeting about that. I told our audience yesterday, and I told Chase that the NFL home teams yeah. all covered this weekend. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Except for except for last night. Yeah. Now this was this was obviously going up into last night's game, but yeah. until that happened, yeah, every NFL home team 
had covered the spread. Man, that'd be which a heck the storyline the first five weeks was all about the road team success. Yeah, right? yeah. So this has been a wild NFL season. Like not even like just gambling speaking. Like it just, just in, in general. Yeah. yeah, in general. Like you have so many teams that are kind of right there. That you know, there's so many that are going to be sitting, you know, four and five, five and four, you know, battling. So we were talking about Cleveland and just the debauchery going on there. Yep. Uh, a question that I wanted to bring up to you because I was thinking about this over the weekend. You know, Miami wins gets their first win of the year. The the Jets are a dumpster fire. Of all of these teams that are just awful right now, yep. Which one do you think has the quickest turnaround? A la the San Francisco Forty ers Maybe not to that level because their quarterback was hurt, but sure. they were bad last year without Garoppolo. Now look at them now. So you know, look at them now, but. Which one do you think turns around the quickest? All right, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna use the Dolphins, Jets, Bengals, and Redskins. Are they in there? Yeah, put the, put, put the in Redskins in there. But I mean, you can uh, you can throw Cleveland in there. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, if Cleveland Denver. Cleveland would have the quickest because they have the most talent, right? Like they would have the opportunity to do it the fastest. Denver as well. I like Vic Fangio. Um, I think he's a great you know not only coach and teacher but a really good culture guy. Uh, Denver just needs help with the quarterback position, offensive line position uh, as well. So Denver could do it. Washington, man, Washington has so much talent on that team. Um, but they, they just have horrific leadership at the top between Bruce Allen and uh, uh, Danny Snyder, you know. So uh, I don't know. Uh, the Bengals, they're a disaster. They, they just need help everywhere. I kind of like Zach Taylor, but who knows? they got to start over. Yeah. the Jets. Well, why didn't they trade A.J. Green? I don't know. Well, they said, Or Andy Dalton. Uh, the organization says that it's uh, diametrically opposed to trading. I'm, uh, I'm not kidding. Can that, you, that's what they said. Can you I help no, us with that? What, I have what no does idea. that mean? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> if, if, if Bill Belichick is making trades, then I'm making <laughs> trades, right? Like, yeah, I, I have no idea, man. But they, they're a disaster up there. Uh, I think the Jets are the worst. Like, the Dolphins... The Dolphins could be something. Like, they have three. Like, we did the NFL draft order this morning. The Dolphins have three first round picks in the top 24. Mm. So, I mean, you know, you could go get Tua, Jerry, Judy, uh, you know, and what's the other wide receiver? They have Ruggs. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you get those three right there, and it's like, okay, we have an offense now, right? Like, so Miami could do it if they draft correctly. The Jets are. And disaster. they have the right head coach. I love Brian Flores. I do too. I think he was a really good hire. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it, you know, anybody would lose when they're getting rid of all of your players. You know, I mean, it was just a disaster, which, you know, Go to, goes to say that I think the Jets are the worst situation. And not only has Adam Gase pretty much ruined that, Adam Gase ruined the Dolphins, too. There's a yeah. reason why they were bad, you know, to begin. So, yeah, I, I would say the Jets are the worst, for sure, because you're not going to win anything with them. Can't wait for that big Jets-Giants matchup coming up. Oh, yeah, get it's fired gonna, up. It's going to be good. Get your tickets now. <laughs> so I saw this last night. Uh, I, I read this article in The Athletic. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor that wrote it about London because they just finished up the the London schedule this past weekend and you know there's always been I think it's 17 straight years now they've had London games but there's been there's always been that thought of could the NFL actually have a team in London yeah and he wrote this article about that the league and the LA Chargers could have interest in that actually being the case yeah and so he laid out that he's talked to league sources and laid out this entire plan and the reason I bring it up is because it could affect the Titans because in this scenario, the Chargers would leave the AFC West and could either move to the East and the Dolphins could come to the South, yep. the Texans then go to the West, or the Chargers could go to the South and the Texans to the West. Either way, it looks like Texans would, would move to the AFC West. So 
if the Chargers did move and they're in the AFC South, the Titans are playing in London every year. Yeah, and you know that that's all right. So that that's a huge thing. Let's let's break it down step by step. So first, just a team being in London. Yeah, I, I think that it one could work, and two, I think the NFL would be all about it because we talk about oh they want it oh yeah because we talk about the NFL wanting to get to what was it that twenty five billion dollar valuation that number right per year yep mm. so Must we talk nice. about you know they're wanting to change the preseason right well that's money lost how do they make it back you you enter new areas you know permanently right like the only way the NFL is going to make more money is expand they've pretty much kind of tapped the market here in the United States in a good way, right? So I think the NFL would absolutely have um, an interest in doing that, too. The Chargers are stuck in no man's land. Them moving to Los Angeles was... And everyone seems concerned about that. Yeah. Well, it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Like, it, look, look at this past Sunday. It, it was all cheeseheads. Well, I mean, it would be it would be like this. If anybody listening is not familiar with the uh, demographics of Southern California, San Diego, Los Angeles don't like each other it would be like if you took ut knoxville and you put them in tuscaloosa right so everyone in knoxville hates you for leaving and everyone in tuscaloosa already hated you (laughs) i mean literally like so they're stuck in in a place where no one likes them they're paying rent to the rams on this new stadium because Cronky owns it right so i mean it's a disaster so absolutely london would make sense for them now all right two so we go to... By the, the way, you've been killing the analogies today. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Very good. I appreciate it. So uh, um, so number two, in terms of moving divisions and things around, NFL's done that before. Um, you know, it, it'll be weird at first, but this is... I mean, they've created divisions, right? Like this It is would a, make sense, though. Absolutely. I mean, you'd have to move You'd have to do around. it. The big part would be this, is that now you have teams that are traveling consistently mm-hmm. to London. You're going to need two bye weeks. Yeah. So you've got the... T- say, say they come to the South. Chargers go to the South, right? So the Titans, Colts, Jags all have a London trip in them now every year, right? But you've got the Chargers who are playing eight games in London, and they're playing eight games in the United States. So how do you work that? Because that's so much travel, and you couldn't have them on short weeks, things like that. I mean, it it would take. It's already hard enough to schedule, you know, the NFL doing adding that in. It's going to be difficult. I mean, they want their money; they'll figure it out. But that's a, that's the hard part. Right I there. got to be honest. I love an eight thirty in the morning game. Do you? Yeah. No, I, no that's I mean, cool. Like yeah. just to get up and when you're waiting for yeah. for a kick. If you're if let's say like this past week where the Titans are on the road, you're yeah. not going. Okay, so you're just waiting for noon. Yeah, and having an eight thirty game. Yeah, I love that. So if they if it were eight thirty for us, say the Chargers are playing now, the game stunk. Yeah, like yeah. It, it would be nicer if the game was better. But the Jags were awful. Yeah, but I like having an six thirty. Yeah, in San Diego. Like, I, right? I like, like having an option. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're right. I mean, it. No, no, I'm with you. I mean, more California. football, the, the better, right? I mean, you know, we're up, but, um, but just spreading it out where it gives you more opportunity to yeah, watch everything. I, I, I'm interested. You know, it was always the Jaguars that we thought were going to be that team. Yeah, and then. Chad Khan bought him, and yeah. it seems like he's not he, taking him anywhere. No, I mean, it seems like he's trying to buy the world. You yeah. know what I mean? This guy. So. Re- he has a wrestling company. <laughs> yeah. Like he needs to <laughs> buy a winning team. Is what he's he crushing needs to do. it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the NFL would certainly they, – they want to tap into those markets. I mean – and remember, you and know, they have a stadium like they have an NFL ready stadium that is brand spanking new, ready to go. Tottenham Hotspur, yeah. That they all they have to do is get a team and, and a fan base that we see. You know that I mean they buy tickets to those games, oh, eighty thousand. They don't care who packed. it is. No, no, it doesn't matter the matchup. It's always packed and loud. Yeah, but see, so, here, so what do you think the real realistic odds are? 
I mean, is it I, I, with the NFL? Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be. I think it would be good odds. And I think the Chargers within the next what five think? years. Yeah. So within the next five years, without a doubt, there's yeah. a team there. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they have to. I mean, I kind of feel the same way. At first, I'd be. I used to think, come on, enough, just quit trying. But I get it now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and look at the NFL. Like they'll get. They can get some other things out of this too. Oh. Because if the yeah. players are like, hey, we got to have a second bye week. Like, sure. <laughs> We can do that. Does yeah. Does London we're gonna, demand we're gonna play a Super one more Bowl? game? I mean, I think you'd have to bring it to them. Yeah, oh, yeah. You'd you'd have to give them something. Oh yeah. And, and, and why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, it's not like you have a ton of fans that are going to the Super Bowl anyway. It's pretty corporate, so you know it. It it would make sense. It would make sense. And I mean, there's you know, London's New York. I mean, you got a ton of money over there. Yeah. You know, right. and the NFL wants you know they've been wanting to get into China as well, which is a whole other topic. Uh, but I think once they saw what went down with the NBA. Hopefully they will not contact the NBA. The NFL is smart not to bring it up. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't talk about it. <laughs> well, Maybe, that is when we always say too soon. That one's too soon. Yeah. Too what soon. would be interesting if, you know, because the CBA, that's that's all, you know, hovering around this. Yeah. If a part of the negotiation, if the Chargers are like, yeah, we would love this, let's do it. And the NFL's like, yeah, and all the owners are backing them. And then the players are like, well, okay, let's get that extra bye week. Sure, we'll do that. Yeah, you're gonna play an extra game. Yeah, that's the that's the give. That's yeah. That's and then what it everybody, is. it's like okay, there's the compromise. You're not going 18, but you're going 17. Yeah, and then you have two buys. Yeah. I I could see something like that being a part of the totally the and, negotiations. And it would be an, it would be an owner's vote, you know, to yeah. do it. And you know, if, if Goodell's saying, hey, look, uh, you know, Spanos, you know, here they're going to London. Uh, we're gonna get every owner's gonna get an extra thirty million dollars or whatever, and and keep moving it up each year. Yeah, of course every owner is going to say yes. You know what? If they're going to just sell out every game, no matter what the matchup is, then maybe they need to put the Pro Bowl there. <laughs> right. Uh, there actually be people there. The I game. know. All right, we'll come back. One more segment with Alan Bell. This has gone fast. More in effect. Well, in fact, we'll get into some Titan stuff yeah. to close out the first hour of Darren, Donnick, and Chase, ESPN 102.5 The Game. All right, we always go down this NFL rabbit hole with Alan Bell because we enjoy it. But we need to talk about the local team, Okay. And so I always like to get your perspective of what you're seeing because we talk about it so much. So, you know, just another one of those games, head scratchers on the road where you just – it never felt competitive. It never felt good. It just – four games now. Yeah. They've gone a first half, zero points in yeah. today's NFL. When you look at the Titans through nine games now, sitting at four and five, what do you see? Uh, I see a team um, that has an offensive problem. And I think that's it. I, I mean, you know, we can nitpick in other areas, but I see a team that is halted because of a poor offensive line play slash lack of offensive line depth and the quarterback position slash offensive coordinator. Those three areas. I, I think the Titans are pretty solid everywhere else. But those are three pretty big positions, right? So I think first off, if you are the Titans, you've got to figure out – they have to figure out who the quarterback's going to be next year. And I don't know what the answer is. Ryan Tannehill a bridge? Um, you know, the Titans sit 13th right now. If the NFL draft were today, they draft 13th. Okay? So you've got options. So that would put them just outside. If Just, just to kind of give – Yep. It would set be, the table for examples. Yep. What, Watson was 10 or Mahomes – one was 10, one was 12. Is that yeah. right? Watson and Mahomes? I can't remember. I, I can't remember. Um, Isn't that right? One was ten, one was twelve. Yeah. So you're you're only going to have uh, arguably three teams ahead of you. If it were you know today, you'd have the Bengals have the number one pick right now. 
The Dolphins, I think, are three. And the Bucks are, I believe, yeah. nine. Yeah, Mahomes was 10, Watson was 12. Yeah. So you've, you've got three teams ahead of you that are probably looking at a quarterback as well. In the same draft, by the way. How about that? <laughs> right. So, anyway. Fr- franchise so, changers. Completely. Two picks in, in, in a matter of three spots. Yeah. Franchise changers. So they've got to figure out the quarterback. But then, here's where it gets difficult. After this season, they're going to have to, once you figure out what what to do at quarterback, then you've got a lot of decisions to make on all the other players that are coming up in free agency. And that's the difficult part. Where does Derrick Henry fit in this, right? Where does Jack Conklin fit in this? Where do, you know, I mean. Where does Derrick Henry want to fit in this? That's I, the question that I really have. Yeah, me too. And I, I think I think Derrick Henry wants to work. I, I really think Derrick Henry wants to work. He is a guy that if you put him on a job site, right, at 6 a.m., he's going to go from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. He might have 10 minutes for lunch, eat a sandwich, and he's just going to work. And I think that's exactly who he is, and he wants to do it because he knows that's how he excels. And I don't know if this team – I mean, clearly this team didn't do it, you know, Sunday. You know, and, and I I don't know. i, I got to be honest, Alan. Yesterday yep. – we I, I brought this up and I said you know I'm not here to always question because they that's their world that's what they do sure I'm just giving you my opinion which is what we're supposed to do on this show I said the thing that's been perplexing about Mike Vrabel I'm certainly not rooting against him I I want him to have success I want the Titans to have tons of success but every week it's the head scratching you know the Titans do things that just make you sit there and watch them and go I I don't I don't understand your this is your world. This is what you you prepare day in and day out, and they claim to be over there all the time. Why you come up with this? So let's just let's just jump back to last season, yep. toward the end of the year. Well, when they started having success was when what happened? When you gave Derrick Henry the ball, you just started stuffing the ball to Derrick Henry, and he just ran crazy. And we all know about that four week window. And we, by the way, what did that four week window lead to? Yeah, wins. Yep. Okay. So you finished strong other than the final game of the season when everybody was hurt and your quarterback couldn't play and you lost. It was win and get in yeah. the playoffs. Okay, so you had success. And it's proven when you give him the ball, and Carolina was the 27th ranked rush, a 27th worst team in the league against the run. Yeah. So they've been awful against the run. And in the first half, you give Derrick Henry, your workhorse, your guy, two carries. Two. Like, I, I – I, and I know no Mike Vrabel addressed this yesterday. He said, well, we had, you know, because of penalties, it pushed us. Oh, okay, I, I get it. So that just means you completely abandon the run no yeah. matter what? I, I I guess I just – I don't understand things, and I think – I know other people feel this way. People, you just sit there and watch them, and you say, I don't understand what they're doing. Like, why would you – there ever be a game plan where he has two carries in the first half against a poor team against the run? I think they try to do too much. And think about this. So you've got an offensive coordinator and you've got a head coach that are both learning on the job. Head coach in his second year, offensive coordinator in his first year. So they're both learning on the job as we go, right? And I think that sometimes you can overthink things. Like think about right now at work, anybody listening, like right, you know, as you go. Think about the best people at your job, it might be you, might be you know your buddy that that sits in the cubicle you know next to you. Generally, they they do the same things over and over and over, and they do them consistently, right? They don't try to do too much; they just try to do the the, the key tenets, and you do them with excellence. 
And I think that this team might overthink it. Arthur Smith might overthink himself and say, you know what, this is a tough league. You know, we're, we're playing a chess match. You know, uh, Luke Keekley's calling out, you know, our plays. Who cares? The week before, the Bucks had the what? The number one ranked defense? And Derrick Henry had the best uh, amount yes. of yardage against them. Against them. 75 like, yards was the best performance against that defense. Yeah. Like, that. that's what the NFL is about. Like, be who you are. And, and play that. Like, uh, Bel- Bill Belichick, his teams have done that forever. Kyle Shanahan in, in San Francisco. Like, if you looked up right now, if you haven't watched a lot of 49ers games, you would think, oh, you know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he must be in the MVP conversation. Like, he's having a heck of a year. Nope. 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 They run the ball hard, and they play defense. And he knows what he's doing because he's a good play caller, but he knows his spacing, right? And he, and they are who they are. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been who they are for 50 years. Like, they really haven't changed at all. So I think there's a lot of learning to go along with that. But you're at the end of the rope now because now you have to make a decision on Derrick Henry. And not that he's going to garner a ton of money in free agency, but you don't think there's a team out there that would say, well, we see what Mark Ingram's doing in Baltimore. Uh, He seemed to be worth the money. Right, like you mean when they ran for over 200 yards against New England exactly. on Sunday night? Yeah, exactly. Like, y- y- there's value in running backs. When people say, "Oh, there's no value," L- look at Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, there's value in running backs. Right? Somebody will say, "I know exactly what to do with Derrick Henry." So, long story short, the team's got to make a decision on that. By the way, Christian McCaffrey also went in that draft pick eight. <laughs> that By the amazing. way, the Titans had the fifth pick. Yeah, McCaffrey went eight. Mahomes went ten. Watson went 12. That's an incredible draft. How about that? And think about how good McCaffrey is in that Titans game against the Panthers. Uh, one of his touchdowns, receiving touchdown, was a play action where they faked the handoff to Christian McCaffrey to throw the pass to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Like, I mean, this guy's incredible. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think you've got, you know, an OC that's probably a little bit over his head uh, trying to figure out, you know, to be too smart. When it's like, dude, just run the ball. A head coach that at times definitely looks like it's in over his head, too. All learning. And so I have said they need to get him help. Like, he needs – and I brought this name up yesterday. Like, what you're just talking about. You got a guy like Jay Gruden sitting out on the street. Mm -hmm. To me, I would go after a guy like Jay Gruden. I don't care what you give him as a title. It could be an assistant. It could be an advisor. I don't care what it is. Get somebody who's got skins on the wall, somebody who's been there, done it, has been an offensive coordinator, he's been a head coach, and he gets it. I I actually think Jay Gruden can coach. I think he was with a lousy organization in the Redskins. I think he can coach. They, to your point, they need help, in my opinion. They, They need somebody on that staff that can help these new guys learn along the way yeah and here's the hard part is that you know the titans look really good when things go you know their way mike vrabel is 10 and 0 as a head coach with the titans when they score 21 points or more 10 and 0 right but when it doesn't go that way and your offensive line falls apart and your quarterback you know you're switching in and out you know you're having problems there it's hard and it would be hard for anybody so I mean, they've got a lot of decisions to make, but they've got to fix that. They've got to fix the quarterback. They've got to fix the offensive line, um, and then you got to take a real hard look at the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator position. I'm not saying get rid of either of them, but if you want you to go for, evaluate, if, if you truly and I don't want to put that good to great thing out there, but if you truly just want to be in that upper echelon, uh, people are going to have to get this thing going, or you're going to have to find new people. To yeah. your point, if Jay Gruden's available and he's interested. You just hire him as the offensive coordinator. I like Arthur Smith. Well, I'm just but, I'm not yeah. telling him what to do. Just to me, it's like you need somebody like that on your staff to help you. And last thing I'll say on this, I know we're probably getting close, but Arthur Smith's value 
has been that he's been with the team. He knows all the players. Guess what? You look at that free agency list, this might be a completely different team next year. So what value does he have then? Good point. Uh, it always goes too fast. Alan, thanks for doing this as always. Good to see you. Appreciate you guys, man. Alan Bell, CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports, at Alan Bell 247 on Twitter. Give him a follow. It takes all of like 1.2 seconds. Just click follow. He's a good follow. We'll come back. David Poyle at 1115. Second hour of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next.